The Movie Bar Podcast. Now it's time for the feature presentation. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome back to the feature presentation presented by the Movie Bar, the movie podcast exploring timeless classics that have stood the test of time and those that haven't. I am your host, John, and I am joined by my best friend, I'm Justin, and this week, boy howdy, we are discussing Blank Check, which is celebrating its 30th anniversary this year, and let me tell you, it did not age well. (laughs) Uh, How you doing this week? I made it through a week, I'm not sick anymore, I don't think. I'm still coughing, so that's fun. Yeah, but uh, stuff. But and I'm starting to get it. I think I have a broken tooth and it's infected. So probably, I'll probably lose my jar, and that'll be the end of the podcast. Yay! But uh, a little bit of housekeeping. Um, first off, sad, sad news: uh, Predator and Rocky legend Carl Weathers had passed away at the age of seventy-six. Um, he died in his home. Apparently, his next appearance was supposed to be here in Boston, but he had to bow out. And he had posted a video message online shortly before his death. So, but sad days, sad days. He was in the Mandalorian too, so he was still Mandalorian, very much, very much <laughs> out there in the public space. What What was your favorite Carl Weathers character? Chubbs. Chubbs. I don't know. It's a tie between Chubbs and Apollo Creed. But, you know, a lot of memes online of that scene in Happy Gilmore where he's waving the Chubbs. But Mm -hmm. condolences to his friends, family, and fans. Um, Okay, so we're going to do a little little something different right now. We're going to do a little swerve, bro. Swerve, Swerve, bro. bro. Yeah. Um, So we talk about movies, entertainment, then there's sports entertainment. So plagued by um, controversy lately, the WWE pulled a big swerve out on Friday night where the winner of the Royal Rumble gets to choose who he faces at the big pay-per-view WrestleMania. And this year... And I'll be goddamn if they didn't shock the world with Bailey going up against the EOS guy. I mean, why did they? But this year's men's Royal Rumble winner was Cody Rhodes. And there was all this talk. He's going to, quote-unquote, finish his story, win the title that his dad, Dusty, never won. And the throne... Um, Roman Reigns, who's been champion for over a thousand two hundred days or something. <coughs> but then, uh, this past Friday night, Cody went to make his announcement and was overshadowed by a returning Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Well, that yeah, no, he came out. And they kind of teased he's going to make his decision, and then he decided, <laughs> yeah, to not take it. Which, so immediate thoughts on it was, I mean that that's just stupid. I mean, no. it's it's. I'm not a big Cody fan. I haven't really watched much of wrestling over the past many many years, but. With, you know, CM Punk and all that stuff going on, I kind of paid attention. And this just seemed like a, you know, a douchey swerve, the way they played it off. So, a little backstory. First of all, The Rock and Roman, they're cousins. And The Rock came back about two, three weeks ago, (coughs) did a segment with, uh wrestler Jinder Mahal and 
was saying that, you know, he's going to go celebrate, whether it be at the bar, at a table, or at our booth, or at the head of the table, which is Roman Reigns is saying. But now, so far this year, WrestleMania has sparked controversy because of Vince McMahon and his allegations. <laughs> the World Heavyweight Champion Seth Rollins is apparently injured <laughs> with a knee injury. <laughs> um, CM Punk, who just returned in November. And was, was supposed to face Seth Rollins. Was supposed to face Seth Rollins. Um, Tours tricep in the Royal Rumble. So it's like, okay, we're 60 some odd days away from WrestleMania. Plans have changed. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's ever been a WrestleMania where, except for when the pandemic happened and they had to move it, I think that was the extent of like, we're screwed. But Boy, is the WWE Universe upset about this. Wrestlers, fans, everybody has been using the hashtag, we want Cody. Cody finished the story. Now, there's been several scenarios that have come out through the dirt sheets about what could possibly happen. Um, You want to run down some? I I mean, there is some that, you know, obviously, like, this is just, the rock being a dink um which according to most the uh this match was part of his contract coming in and you know i get that that's what he wanted they they were gonna do it last year but they didn't you know negotiations or whatever fell out and all that timing and all that good stuff but there's also the whole it could just be that you know, it's going to play out as they've set out, or it could be that The Rock is here to take Roman off the head of the table, take Solo away, whichever Uso is still with him, and all that, and leave him alone and leave him with nobody to protect him so Cody can take the title from him, which could be yeah. the next, the second night of WrestleMania or whatnot. Yeah. There's the <laughs> really, really out there theories. In that they're going to get through all this and they're going to get to WrestleMania and the Rock and Roman are going to be there. And then they're going to be like, oh, no, there's a new challenger. And here comes MJF. (laughs) That's funny. I was just joking. (laughs) Um, But I mean, there's there's all kinds of theories and all that stuff. But I mean, if, if it goes down just straight up, the Rock is now facing Roman at WrestleMania. And, you know, Cody either faces Rollins or just gets another shot farther down the line. I think that this is a bullshit move. Yeah, I mean, it. so The Rock is on the board of directors of TKO, which is the company that owns WWE now. Mm-hmm. And part of him coming in was... Um, I believe stock options. He now owns the name The Rock, which was owned by WWE for many, many, many years. <laughs> and this match with Roman. And now it's kind of funny how they, when Rock came out two, three weeks ago and he said head of the table, the place went crazy. Yeah. But now that they're taking it from Cody, everybody's like, Triple H needs to resign, you know, as the chief content officer. Like, what's he doing? He's fucking up. Like, there's obviously a big plan with this. Yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those things. The Rock <laughs> keeps bringing up the long game, long game, long game, all that good stuff. Yeah. And that's all well and good. But at the same time, you've got a lot of people online bringing up old, like, CM Punk promos old Cena promos from when they were going against the rock and them talking about how he's, you know, selfish backstabber and all that stuff. So it would be interesting to see how it plays out, you know, which, which rock we're actually going to get for. Yeah. Like, I think one of the biggest reasons this is happening is because of losing CM Punk, losing Brock Lesnar because of this 
sexual assault, uh, sexual thing that Vince is involved in, and then you know possibly losing Seth Rollins. Yeah. I, I mean, in the, in a way, it could be their way of. I mean, obviously, some of it, you know, some of the rumors are it's their way of getting. <laughs> taking the heat off of him for and and shifting the focus off of Vince McMahon and all that stuff, which, yeah, I mean, you're not really going to be able to do. It's just, it's, that thing is just too big. It's, it's moving forward and getting bigger and every week. It's, every it's day. getting bigger every day. So, I mean, could it be a little bit of that? I mean, it, it probably still is. They probably still saw the opportunity and said, all right, well, we need something to get, out of this and i mean it's if it comes out with cody winning the belt even though i'm not a big cody fan yeah. i just want to see roman lose the belt i'm sick yeah. and tired of seeing them and i don't watch um but if it comes out that he wins it it's it it'll be it'll be for the better but if it plays out the way it's set up now I, yeah that's just that's kind of too big of a Hulk Hogan-ish moment. Yeah. You know. And, you know, it's been compared to when Stone Cold returned, I think it was last year or the year before. Um, You know, he came in to help boost WrestleMania. Mm -hmm. He put over Kevin Owens, even though, you know, he whooped his ass, but, you know, he didn't, like, steal the spotlight from him or anything. Yeah. No, he came in. He did what a veteran does. He came in and you yeah, know, he he put the the you know the the, the upcoming guy over. Yeah, but uh, it, it's one of those things that I had a point. I lost it. Oh. God damn it. Um, I mean, it's one of those things that, that with this whole long game play, you know, it's who knows. It could go anywhere. Yeah, and that's one thing like Triple H has been focused on is long playing, you know. So when he took over in 2022, so you, he's come August will be like the two year mark of Triple H kind of running creative. Yeah. Even though Vince still had his fingers in it. But a lot of things, and you've seen a lot of long game. You know, you know, you have Gunther as the Intercontinental Champion, six hundred plus days. Mm -hmm. Roman Reigns going on twelve hundred days. <clears throat> like you don't see that. You, you didn't see that for years. It was like every other month it was switching switching hands and all that. So, but it'll be interesting how the next few weeks play out. I know they have a press conference Thursday in Vegas, where we'll get a little more information. When Roman and The Rock come face to face, so maybe we'll follow up next week if we can catch the press conference between then Thursday and when we record. Um, and we'll kind of monitor the situation and discuss as we see necessary. Um, I mean, as it is, I had to ask you if there was anything going on tonight because you know you're three hours ahead. And <laughs> yeah, uh, not really. They made it like I get set. Reddit clips. Seth called out uh, Cody Rhodes and they kind of discussed like, yeah. um, you know, yeah, they're going to do it. But it, like the problem with that is we've seen that match. Cody's been back for not even a year and a half. And we've seen that match three times already. <laughs> so. But now they're showing clips of CM Punk surgery. Apparently it was a success. But so, yeah. We'll uh, we'll keep an eye on this situation, but you know, must be nice to be Dwayne making all this money and on the board of all these companies, the XFL and the AFL or whatever the hell it is now, and now TKO and. Do you have any movies coming out? No, I don't think so. So, all Eric right. Adam kind of stopped that a little bit. Yeah, he tried to take over the DCU. Well, uh, that movie sucked. So, DC is yeah, DCU, yeah. So maybe you should stick to wrestling. But all right, some new and exciting trailers dropped. Mm, I don't know about exciting. 
Come on, man. Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey 2. Now it has Owl and Tigger in it, I think. I think I saw Tigger. Uh, yeah, they. it looks like they changed it. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I mean. The first one sucked. It did. So, I mean, I'm glad they changed it. But at the same time, it's like they had, well, now they have more money. So that's kind of going to be the difference. But yeah, well, we'll I don't know. It looks like the same shit as the first one. They all do. What else we got? Well, we have Kung Fu Panda 4. Um, Jack Black is back. That's good at least. That's good, yeah. It's good when they have Um, the returning, returning people. I'm not a fan of the Kung Fu Panda movies. You know, I'm kind of hit or miss with them sometimes. If I'm in the right mood, they'll be okay. The kids don't really care too much <laughs> for them either. Yeah. So. But then we also have Megamind. A Megamind sequel. I forget what the actual title of Megamind Versus is. Versus the, the Secret of Doom or something? Yeah, Doom something. I don't know. It looks like it sucks. Um, mostly because, one, it's going to Peacock. To there's no Will Ferrell. It's some guy trying to sound like Will Ferrell and doing a terrible job at it. Yeah. Um, so, but there's going to be a show along with it. But I, I don't, I don't foresee me caring to watch that. No, and I believe it comes to Peacock March first or third, something like that. Yeah. Um, it kind of gave me vibes of Despicable Me too. Like, Gru was a good guy then, and then the bad guys trying to get Gru to come yeah. back. And so, I don't know. We shall see. I mean, it, it didn't do good the first go-around with the first Mega Mind, but then it became like a cult classic. And I thought it was pretty good but it came out, but, you know. I don't know. It's not one I go to. I'd rather go to Shrek or Despicable Me or the Minions. Yeah. But, all right. What you watch this week? Anything? Well, I did watch Blank Check. So I watched that. And then I watched Thanksgiving. Oh, let's discuss. Why? You didn't want to. What? I enjoyed it. So. I think that it was a wonderful representation of <clears throat> Massachusetts folk. Oh yeah, I all mean, the the asshole jokes in there, like Papagino jokes, the the yelling and the uh, the way they were right at the beginning when they're all waiting yeah. outside the store. I worked at a Toys R Us in Massachusetts on Black Friday. I've seen that shit. That is how people are. And mine was in Brockton. <laughs> so <laughs> a lot of guns. <laughs> I had a pimp at 2 a.m. No lie. He had the purple suit with the feather in his cap and everything. And it really? was not Halloween. It's Christmas. The only time it was open 24 hours. Um yeah. so. I, I, I thought it was good. It's a lot of good kills. What was your favorite kill? I don't know. Um, I kind of like the lady getting chopped in half with a dumpster. I think uh, mine was the uh, cooking alive. That's <clears throat> just rough. Like that's that you got to have a particular fucking hate for someone to put him in an oven. Well, he did, so... I mean, damn. Spoiler Uh, alert! Did you like the twist at the end? Which twist? Who it was? Yeah. I mean, I I did. It It was well hidden, but also there were hints kind of throughout when you look back at it. Yeah. Um, and I think that 
you know, hopefully that if he if he does do a sequel to this, which he is coming out in twenty twenty five, I would hope he doesn't use it doesn't use Thanksgiving. I want that motherfucker to come back at like Easter or something. <laughs> He's the fucking Easter bunny at the mall. Fuck up a different holiday. Uh, I think it's going to be Thanksgiving too. And... Just to change it up. I think that would be better. And I, I think it'd be if he didn't fucking tell anybody that was the fucking movie. Yeah. He just fucking releases it called something different. I think that'd be great. But um, I just think it'd be funnier to have him, you know, come back at Easter. <coughs> yeah. Resurrection. He's... He's the oh, bunny at the crap. mall and fucking. Doesn't even have to be anything like that. He can still be John Carver. But, you know, God is risen. All that crap. I think it'd be funny. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe one day we'll do a full episode on it as a uh, bonus or something. But, all right. What else did you watch? Uh, I watched uh, a little bit of Crank. Uh, cause that was on. So that 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 was that was pretty good. Okay. I'm trying to think if I watched anything else. I don't. I didn't. I didn't have a lot of time this week, so it was mostly TV shows. Well, I wish I could say the same. Um, I don't. I'd rather have time. <laughs> yeah. I had plenty of time. To watch a lot of movies. Uh, when was the last time we recorded? Last Monday. So the 29th. All right. So I'll start from Tuesday. I watched Thanksgiving again because it came out on Blu-ray. So I was like, I've been dying to watch that movie again. And it took a lot of willpower not to buy the digital version, knowing that I would get it with the Blu-ray that I had already pre-ordered. Um, then I watched The Hills Run Red. Remember that one with Babyface? I think we, I think we watched that together. Babyface? Yeah, he had the doll's face on his on his sewed onto his face, and it turns out that the the the, the, the daughter is actually his mother, and his father is her father. Fuck it. Okay, maybe not. I know we've watched it once or twice. Kind of redneck shit is that? Um, um, then I watched Vacancy 2, the first cut. It wasn't bad. House of Wax. I love watching that just to see Paris Hilton get fucking killed. Um, mm. Then I watched a movie I haven't seen in a long time. The Hills Have Eyes, the remake version. Yeah. That's fucking twisted, man. Yep. That scene when the hillbillies fucking the teenage girl and the other one's holding the gun to the baby's head while sucking on the baby's mother's tit and fucking... That took two days to watch. <laughs> um, then I watched Quarantine Empire Records. <clears throat> and then um, this past Saturday, me and Hunter had kind of a movie day. We watched Ready to Rumble, the WCW movie. <laughs> we watched Blank Check. Uh, Indian in the Cupboard, Ready Player One. And then I watched Basketball, Hollow's Eve, Major Pain, Step Brothers, Cocaine Bear, Poison Ivy, The Secret Society, and The Rage Carry 2. So, yeah. Um, it's funny watching Cocaine Bear again. It's always funny watching Cocaine Bear. That I, I was watching it while at work, and I was just laughing, and people were like, what the fuck are you doing? Mind your business. I'm watching Cocaine Bear. But, all right. So now it's time for the feature presentation this week. From Walt Disney Pictures, this morning, Preston Waters got something. You found my bike! Get that check to your dad. He'll know what to do with it. That's going to change his life. Yeah! Now he's buying more stuff. You have a house. Right, 
meeting more women. Baby brother comes into his own and stopping three crooks. I'm gonna get you, kid. From taking all of his money. Disney's Blank Check. Now playing at a theater near you. Check newspaper for showtimes. Blank Check, which was directed by Rupert Wainwright, had a box office of $39 million, <coughs> was released on February 11th, 1994, rated PG, and has a runtime of one hour and 35 minutes, and it is currently streaming on Disney+, Plus, as well as for purchase on streaming sites. Our cast O'Karaktors, we have Brian Bonsall as Preston Waters, also known as Mr. McIntosh, Karen Duffy as Shay Stanley, Miguel Ferrer as Carl Quigley, Michael Lerner as Edward Biederman, Tone Loke as Juice, James Reborn as Fred Waters, Jane Atkinson as Sandra Waters, Rick DeCommon <laughs> as Henry, Debbie Allen as Yvonne, Chris Demetrial as Damien Waters, Michael Faustino as Ralph Waters, and Alex Zuckerman as Butch. Michael Faustino, is he related to David Faustino? I was just wondering that myself, probably. Um, 93, 94, sure. Like a younger brother or something. Let me look it up real quick. Yep. They're brothers. See? There you go. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, this movie aged horribly. Yeah, not very well. No, no. You got some some mild pedophilia going on. See now, when when you first said that to me when we discussed about talking about this movie, I was like, "Oh, it was a kiss on the cheek." Like, how bad could it have been? No, was that was that was fucking full on, like, um, you know, kiss on the lips. And she was like, "Call me in ten years." Yeah. So then he's only. Well, no, he'd be 21 then. But he I figured down to six. I figured out she was like 31 at the time of filming this. So I'm surprised that surprise being a Disney movie with Disney branding all over it that this was allowed. So it's pretty rough. So let's let's discuss how. We get the ball rolling in this movie. Um, we meet young Preston. It's a goddamn stretch, to say the least. <laughs> like, and there, there are movies where there's a little bit of, you know, I can, you know, stretch my, you know, the limits of my belief. But this one's a little bit too much. Yeah. So... You know, we meet Preston Waters, and his room is being taken over by his brothers in their business, hand and foot. Typical youngest. Yep. Which short you end were. Of the stick. Yeah. Always Did getting you catch... end of the stick. Yeah. <clears throat> and he goes to a birthday party at uh, Six Flags San Antonio, which was the park that was used for the making of the movie. Sure. And his father gives him six dollars, which that's just douchey. Even I know that. That's just like, come on. Yeah. So Preston begins to ask if they're broke or you know if they're poor. 
and whatever, but you know, they're like, no, we're just, you know. So now all he wants is his own money and his own house. It's right before his twelfth uh, birthday, and he gets a check from his grandmother. That's blank. Oh, he said it. Yep. They said it a lot in this movie. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Did you ever get a blank check as a kid and be like, what no. the fuck? No. Yeah. I don't think. None of my relatives were old and senile at the time I was that young. Yeah. So the father puts $10 with inflation. He adds a dollar for inflation. For inflation. So Preston goes to open a bank account, meets Shay Stanley, his love interest. So disturbing. Well, I mean, you you know, if if you weren't an eleven year old and you were an eighteen year old, you'd have been you'd probably have done the same thing. I would have been at that bank every fucking day. <laughs> All right. Like she, she she was a beautiful woman and she had the yeah. cutest little dimples and um yeah, anyways, <clears throat> now she's like, she's got to be, what, 50-something? Yeah. If she was 31 then, in 20 years... 30 years. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. 60-something. <laughs> Holy shit. So... Lies, man. Yeah. And while leaving the bank... Now, we've seen the backstory with Quigley, how he escapes from prison, and yeah, the, this whole this dude stole a million dollars, went to prison for it, hid it in a warehouse, managed to hide it, and then break out of prison, and none of that is mentioned for the rest of the movie. Other than yeah. the money. Yeah. None of it. He is freely out walking around among the people searching for a child at parks and amusement parks. And, and the FBI knows this because she even says that Quigley was in the bank at one point and they just let him roll. And 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 this, yeah, this this movie has all kinds of problems. All kinds of fun problems. Like it's so bad. <laughs> yeah. So his main purpose at the bank is to switch out the bills like money laundering. He's a money launderer. That's what the president is. <clears throat> well, he runs in the trouble after um, Butch steals um, Preston's uh, $11 check because apparently it takes $200 to open a bank account at this bank. Yeah, and that's how most of them are. It results in... Um, him Preston crashing his bike, he and then almost being run over by Quigley. Yes, who has quite the temper on him. Well, he just escaped prison, <laughs> so he, he don't need that kind of attention. Well, so he, he makes that it worse by yelling at the kid yeah. in the middle of the parking lot. And so people come over, make sure Preston's all right, and Quigley sees the cop, so he's like. Writes a blank check. Yeah, give this to your dad. He'll know what to do. And then Preston gets in trouble because some guy fucking hit him. What the fuck? Yeah. Not a very good dad. But that's, so, you know, that's just a plot device. But Preston never mentions the blank check and he uses his Macintosh. Performa 600 computer. Not his, his brother's. His brother's, yes, I'm sorry. His brother's Apple Macintosh Performa 600 to then 
outsmart adults. First off, filling I out a blank filling check. Filling out the check with, with a tight print. No fucking guideline whatsoever. I couldn't do that if my life depended on it right now. No, absolutely not. No, never. I'd never. I can't even get. I can't even tell you which way to lay the fucking paper down in a goddamn copier the first time. You couldn't even get your fucking camera working earlier. <laughs> well, that's I was having computer. trouble. I was having trouble <laughs> with with my mouse earlier. I think that's my computer. It's an old computer. <laughs> and this is at a time when computers are just starting to. Yeah, the internet wasn't a thing. Then. Yes. But this kid figured out how to fucking use a program to talk, how to write a check. So he writes the check and goes back well, to I the bed. That, that is the one part of this movie that is true. And that is that the kids know how to use the technology better than any of the adults. And his brothers didn't even know how to use it. No, because they're dumb teenagers. Yes. So Teenage boys are dumb. Yes. And so now he goes to the bank with the ugliest looking fucking bank teller. And even Hunter commented, wow, she looks mean. Well, they can't all be winners and they're not all just eye candy for you, John. They're not all. But it definitely plays into like he's nervous. He doesn't think he's going to get away with it. He would have had less chance had she been there. Yeah. She was there. She was helping somebody else, though. Mm. And then, like, the cop in line behind him, cashing a big one today, and he's all nervous, like, huh? He's like, oh, a big deposit today? So he goes up to Biederman's office. Now, all Biederman knows is Juice is showing up at 1 p.m. So he asks Preston if he wants some juice, and he says, no, I'm not thirsty. And he's like, oh, okay, that's enough to... I mean, you... who's going to suspect a child is carrying around a million dollars in a backpack? Oh, exactly. It, it It is a genius way if it was the actual plan. I mean, yeah. it's a little sick and twisted, but, you know. If, if, if nobody knows the money's there... And, you know, you just send a kid in that nobody's going to suspect it's the kid that wanted to get it. And come, you know, so. Yeah, it it, it would have worked if it, that was the original plan, but apparently <clears throat> it wasn't. No, and why would it be? It's a stupid fucking plan. <laughs> yeah. So Preston now has a million dollars cash. Yeah. <laughs> in his backpack. In and small bills. Audi 5000 and, and runs into juice, on yeah. The way out, played by the lovely Tone Lope, Funky Cole Medina, you know. And well, on his way home, he grabs the sign for this random castle like house in his neighborhood, mm -hmm. two doors down from him. Which just so happens Quigley is in making a bit of a hundred and fifty thousand. Yeah, which house old... would that fucking goddamn much? Yeah, no I wish shit. I could buy a castle for a hundred and fifty thousand. That house would be probably two million nowadays. Yeah. So <laughs> although wait a minute, they're in Texas. Oh, they're in Texas. They... It's probably less than. Yeah. Because nobody fucking wants to live in Texas. I don't think they say they live in Texas at yeah, any point. I, I just know that, that was that was where the six flags yeah. was. So he then used a computer robot to bid on this house, no credit check. And his mom's voice in the background making the making some of the bids. Yeah. And nobody goes, Oh, that's not a computer voice. That's some random fucking lady in the background now. I mean, <laughs> and how the fuck does an eleven-year-old know about closing costs? Uh, what did his father do? I don't think they ever say what his father does. Yeah, see, that's the thing. I mean, that could be why, but who knows? But no, there's no fucking way. <laughs> so 
he it ends up being about three hundred thousand that he gets for this house. So then he hires a limo to take him out for the night. Once again, the adult is non fucking suspicious about this, that this kid is spending all this money like fucking crazy just based off of the story that, well, he wants me to enjoy my childhood. You meet all kinds of people. But that's where we do meet Henry, the the limo driver, who is like a big kid at heart. Mm-hmm. Especially riding around with Preston. He goes from investigating neighborhoods with Tom Hanks to driving around a kid with a blank check. Yeah, and they go on a shopping spree and they buy all the shit for the house. Then the next day, Preston's working for Mr. McIntosh. Directing all this shit showing up. Yeah. And so let's run down what he spent now. Um, he spent 23200 on a security system. 35600 35, on a video system. 26260 on a racetrack. 12500 for a batting cage, which seems a little fucking pricey. Yeah, well, that that ball shooter thing, I think that was the money there. Um, a boxing, inflatable boxing ring, Velcro wall, and wrestling ring, 1250 He spent $4,936.56 on Coke, Ozendaz, Charles Chips, and Nabisco cookies. Sounds about right. <laughs> yeah. $750 on a slush puppy machine. That's all that, that, that costs? Yep. Damn. Should have one at home. No shit. Plan 442, which is the plan that his father's working on. Uh, 300000 A round trip to Chicago, $374. What was it round trip to Chicago for? I think that I think that was when he took the limo into the city. Oh. So I think I think it's safe to say they live in Illinois. Oh, okay. Uh Max Kid Park, which I have no idea what that is, four hundred thousand or forty thousand. The slide from inside the house to the pool, twelve thousand fifty dollars. Horizon virtual reality, thirty thousand. Now his his dinner date with Shay between dinner, the necklace, and flowers, it was nine hundred and twenty-five dollars. Yeah, I've never spent that much on a date. Fuck no. <laughs> I haven't even spent a ninth of that on a date. <laughs> Miscellaneous six thousand two hundred and twenty-five dollars and fifty-two cents. The party was ten thousand dollars up front. Plus a hundred thousand dollars on the back end. Yeah. <laughs> and the house three hundred thousand, even though I have seven hundred thousand uh plus closing costs. So by the the night of the party, he has three hundred and forty something dollars left over out of a million. And six fucking days. Did, did you know what the hard part about that to believe is not that he spent it, but that all that stuff actually got installed in six days? That's the hard part to believe. Well, I think when they see a customer with high rollers, they're gonna, yeah, you call a security system company, they're gonna take their fucking time because they need to get all the fucking equipment, yeah. You call, you know, if you call Best Buy. I mean, nowadays you got next day and all that shit. But back then you didn't. And nowadays you just fucking use Amazon. Yeah. Because, mm -hmm. I mean, a lot of that stuff you'd have to like. Like the kid would have to figure out where to go to figure out how to buy a racetrack. Well. Like, how would he know who to go to to fucking put that in in a backyard? 
I'm sure really? it was one of the stores they went to or somebody Henry knew. The fucking chances. You know, I'm just saying. <laughs> There's a so, lot of that. that <clears throat> yeah. Movie magic. Yeah, and when you're a kid, you're like, holy shit, that's where like a million dollars can buy me? So... Well, I mean, and that's the other thing is like, now, even especially nowadays, but you'd go through a million dollars real fucking quick. So with inflation, a million dollars in 1993 when this movie was filmed would be about $2,081,937.72 today. Yeah. So if your kids are planning on getting run over by somebody at a bank, make sure they ask for 2 million $81,937.72. And that would be the equivalent of our dream in 1994 with a million dollars. It's funny how often I say, oh, you just moved a million dollars, you'll be set. Nah, you're not actually set. No. No, not nowadays with inflation. Nope. So. But, um. I mean, there's just so much of this that was just so wrong. And something I learned that I didn't know, Karen Duffy also played a character named Shay in Dumb and Dumber that also came out in 1994. And both films involved the briefcase full of money as a plot element. And unlike the film, Karen Duffy was one of the antagonists in Dumb and Dumber. I never realized that was her. Yep. So... Mm-hmm. And it was also one of Michael Jackson's favorite movies when it came out. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to leave it at that. Surprise me. We're going to leave it at that. He ended up working with uh, the director, Rupert Wainwright, on a documentary I can't remember the name of. But, uh, so yeah. <laughs> what, was your, what was your favorite scene in the movie? I kind of like when they dangle the kid across off the roof to get him to tell him what to wrestle. Yeah. Oh, when they dangled Butch off. So, so let's talk about these three grown adults going to the parks and all this. And they finally find him. They're chasing him. And nobody bats a fucking eye. Yeah. That happens a lot in movies. Home Alone 2, Lost in New York. Yeah. But, like, Nobody seriously. Ever tonight. Nope. Like, it fucking boggles the mind. Like, it's one of those things. It's like, you've got thousands of scenes in movies where bad guys are chasing kids through public areas and nobody's doing anything. Nobody's saying anything. But, like, if I'm at the park and I'm chasing my kid around the park, I feel like people are looking at me going, what the fuck is he doing to that kid? Yeah. <laughs> you know, the... or should he be chasing that child? <laughs> should I be calling 911? That, that's like, like that's, that's the world. Yeah. And, you know, they almost get him, but he gets away. Kid's slippery. He is. Still carrying the fucking money in the backpack around his fucking shoulder. You gotta do what you gotta do, man. I mean, at that point, it was only, you know, a couple hundred bucks, but. (laughs) You have this big fucking house with a security system. So. How well did that do him in the end? Well, I mean, it was a, a public party and people showed up. So let's let's talk about that. So and they finally all they had to do was knock on the door. Yeah. Come and knock on the door. So let's talk about that. So this That's is when it gets in terrible party. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was Mr. McIntosh's party, not his party. It's still a shit show of a party. And so the bad guys, Quigley, Biederman, and Juice finally find him. And then he goes on a Home Alone-like adventure 
taking out these bad guys, throwing Quigley in the ball and running it into the pool. Uh, Biederman with the virtual reality. Juice with the pitching machine. Yeah. Yep. Even though the FBI was outside the entire party. The whole time. The whole fucking time they're outside. And... <laughs> it takes them 20 minutes to go inside. Ah, Disney. <laughs> I mean, what do you want? Well, I mean, they weren't firing guns. So, I mean, like, it's... How you have the know? house under fucking surveillance. I don't know where they had cameras. Well, she was in the fucking house at one point, so. Yeah. <laughs> you know. So, and then in the end, she knows who he is, but still asks who's Macintosh, and we just take it with that. And Quigley's like, I'm Macintosh. Oh, okay, so now Macintosh, who's been alive for six days, created by this child, is being investigated for money fraud, money laundering. Because he paid cash for that house. The FBI doesn't like shit like that. They don't like you having money. Government don't like that shit. Well, they decide who gets money. And then the other two get arrested just for being next to him. Well, don't forget. Uh, no. Uh, the banker was fucking laundering money. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. McIntosh escaped from prison from doing, you know, stealing the money. Um, and Juice, Juice was the innocent one. Mm-hmm. He was just making music and got caught up in it. So, all right. How about how about the length of the movie? Hour thirty-five, standard. Yeah, I think it covered all the bases it needed to cover. <laughs> Unfortunately, also went on to cover first, almost second base. I'm pretty sure he was trying to get his hand in there. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> okay, so, so let's talk about the elephant in the room. The Don't end of the movie. The end of the movie. Preston, who's twelve, and Shay Stanley kiss. Mm-hmm. So now every kid watching this in '93 thinks it's okay. To flirt with older women and take them out on $900 dates. And nowadays, that alone will get you thrown in prison, as yep. it should, <laughs> if it's not your own. And she's a fucking FBI agent. Yeah. So, <laughs> I ain't like, knocking on her door. Yeah. <laughs> Got a pedophile in the ranks. Who's policing the police? Who's watching the Watchmen? So, do you think this had a sequel potential? No. No. <laughs> you can't. You can't. You... <laughs> Where could you go from there? Uh, Preston, sixteen. Uh, Shay's pregnant with his kids. Yeah. Um, she's being investigated by the FBI for. Child endangerment, you know, sensitive subject, but uh, so what about reboot potential and could this be made today? I mean, you could obviously they would change a few things, but I mean, it's still you know, just a kind of a kid skirts the laws and. It's a little rough. I don't think parents would appreciate it anymore, but you could. <clears throat> you just got to pull the pedophilia out of it. And... Yeah. 
cleaning up this, a bit. This is one of those movies where they would have to base it in the 90s if they did a reboot. Because, no. yeah. No, because I think nowadays it'd actually be easier for them to, to write a story where the kid could actually outsmart the adults and buy the house. I think it'd be easier now. Yeah, if you're making because of the technology, his bids online, yeah. and technology has come a far way since the. And if you know, the last eight or nine years have taught us anything, it's that there are, you know, there's a fair number of people who are gullible in this country. So. <laughs> yeah, instead of stealing it from a bad guy, he's calling old ladies and like, "Hey, grandma, I need money." Oh, who's this? Nowadays, it's it'd be more thing. It'd be more doable. Yeah. All right. Your overall opinion of the movie in general. Are you looking for my mug rating? Nope. Nope. Not yet. <laughs> I Just... mean, it, it's nostalgic because I watched it a lot as a kid. Yeah. But it's those. 30 years that have passed in between that have kind of, it leaves a sour taste now. It's not the same. Yeah. When you're a kid, it's like, ooh, this looks like fun. Now it's like, oh god, she should be in prison. And so should he. And why isn't that guy in jail? (laughs) Did you watch it with the boys? Uh, They've watched it before. They watched it a while ago. So I told them not to emulate this kid. I told Hunter, I said, hey, if you can get a million dollars, good luck to you. But, you know, we did, we watched it together. And he enjoyed it. And it was funny, like him picking up on certain things. And he was like the bank teller. And, but he was more invested in the Indian in the cupboard than he was blank check. Surprised me because I thought he would have been all over this. So kids are, kids are surprising like that. All right. Why don't you run through some ratings? Uh, we have IMDB at 5.3 out of 10. 9% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, see, that's that's the modern audience for you. Two out of five common sense media. Letterboxes, I don't know, out of five. And I'm going to go 2.4 out of letterbox. <laughs> I'm going to go with the old two for two? my rating. Yeah. And that's all nostalgia. If it wasn't for the nostalgia, you'd probably get a, like a one or a 0.5. <laughs> I gave it a four and a half. Cause I do, I do enjoy this movie. Um, after, a 25-minute argument with Hunter, he gave it a 5. Because I said, what do you give it? 1 out of 5, and he goes a 10. And I said, 1 out of 5. Okay, a 6. Okay, now you're fucking with me. 1 out of 5. Um, I am going to try to record something with him Wednesday to get it. I meant to do it over the weekend, but a lot going on. Where he gives his thoughts on the movie and try to insert. If I don't, then oh well. Maybe we can follow that up in housekeeping next week. But speaking of next week. Next week, we will be covering the 35th anniversary of the most excellent adventure of all time. It's the adventure of Bill and Dad's Excellent Adventure. Starring Alex Winter and the one, the only George Carlin and Keanu Reeves. Yes. It's been a long time since I've seen that movie. I'm looking forward to it. Yes. Yes, I've seen the second one more recently. but Have you seen the third one? No. Where they face the music? No. No? Okay. I don't know that I want to. I think they're just older. I'll probably end up watching it after watching Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, but yeah. we'll see. Sure, sure. Well, that's a wrap, folks. Thanks for joining us today. Before we go, oh, sorry. Oh, what the fuck? You just run over my shit. See that? I'm just not here anymore. What the fuck?
fuck? You're not Kyle. You're still there. <laughs> Before we go, find us on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and most places you listen to your podcasts, kid. And don't forget to follow us on social media and stay up to date on future episodes and join the conversation. Let us know what you'd do with a million dollars. You can find us on Twitter slash X at the Movie Bar Pod and on Instagram at Movie Bar Podcast and on YouTube and TikTok at the Movie Bar Pod and at the Movie Bar Podcast on Facebook. Tag us, share your favorite movie moments and suggest films you'd love for us to cover next. Half a fucking suggestion, I mean half a film suggestion. I just want to say, hola, me amo, Justin. Drop us an email at the movie bar at outlook.com. Until next time, keep that popcorn popping and the reels rolling. And we'll catch you next week on the feature presentation presented by the movie bar. Bye.